Welcome to Built to Go, a van life podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Wagg, coming to you from the College of Curiosity. We are here now in episode 37, in which we will discuss van life without a van. And we'll talk about different ways to make a bed without building anything. We're going to discuss the pros and cons of cheap hubcaps driving on a lake and a place to get really cheap tools. But maybe that's not a good thing. Let's find out. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Very happy to be here with you on this whatever day of the week it is that you're listening to this podcast. First, I must start off with a correction. Someone pointed out to me very astutely that in episode 19, way, way far back, I mistakenly said that Craters of the Moon National Monument was in the panhandle of Idaho. In fact, it is about dead center in Idaho. It's nowhere near the panhandle. And it turns out there's a dispute about where the panhandle is. Like, which skinny part is the panhandle? It kind of forms like a staircase. And it turns out that the most parsimonious answer is... The panhandle is the part that borders Washington state, and I can assure you that Craters of the Moon is nowhere near that. So apologies, I got that wrong, and I really should look at a map more often than I look at my GPS. That said, let's get into this week's topic. As we've reported lately, van prices have gotten crazy. Vans are in short supply right now, which seems odd with all these businesses going under. But they are, and the prices have gone insane. And this means that if you're wanting to start van life, well, you might have trouble getting a van. So I thought maybe we'd take a look at other ways to do this without a van. <laughs> you might be thinking, what is he talking about? Well, you're about to find out. In my mind, and apparently only in my mind, van life means that you are living in a vehicle. And in the case of this podcast, we're talking about vehicles with wheels. If you're somehow living in an airplane, I hope there's a podcast for you. And if you're living in a boat, I know there are podcasts for you. That's not where we're at here. We're talking about vehicles with wheels. But that vehicle does not have to be a van. And there is ample evidence of this on YouTube. Before I bought my van, I had a smart car. It was a 2014... Passion, I think it was called. They had weird names. Now, this was a tiny little car. There was no way I could sleep in this car in any way that made any sense. And yet, someone did turn their smart car into a camper. Now, it turns out they were much shorter than I am, and that made all the difference. But they made a bed, and they had a kitchen, and they even had a little toilet. I mean, they had everything they needed in a smart car. And I'll tell you, folks, if you can do that in a smart car, you can do it in everything. And you will find that on YouTube. You can almost certainly, and I'll, all right, I'm b maybe being a little hyperbolic here, but there's a good chance that you can type in the model and make of any car you might have and find out that someone has turned it into a camper. All it requires is some ingenuity. Now, I've discussed in the past that some cars actually make excellent campers. The Prius camper is a whole world unto itself. It has its own community, and it's amazing because the Prius does two things that nothing else can do. One is it delivers amazing gas mileage. We all know that. But the other is it lets you use your air conditioning all the time because of the way the battery and the engine operate. 
basically you go to sleep, you leave the car on, now that's not the same as running, that means just on, and you set the air conditioning where you want. And over the course of the night, the battery will power the air conditioning. And as the battery gets low, the engine will automatically start, charge up the battery, and then stop again. And you don't have to worry about anything. People do this all the time. So if you have a Prius, I'm a little bit envious. I may be at six feet tall. I might be just a little too big for a Prius, but I happen to know that there is technically enough space for me between the passenger side dashboard and the back of a Prius. So yes, I could fit there. I might have other problems sitting up and things like that. But anyway, if I had a Prius, I would certainly give it a try. Station wagons? If you have an old Volvo station wagon, holy cow, you've got tons of room back there. Or if you have a bigger vehicle like a Suburban, you can fit a queen-size bed in the back of a Suburban. So there's lots of options. But you don't have to actually sleep in your vehicle. There's nothing wrong with having a tent. Sure, you're saying, oh, well, that's car camping. That's different. Okay, yes, it is. You can't do it in a Walmart parking lot, for example. But heck, if you can't get a van right now and you want to hit the road while the weather's nice, don't wait. Do it. Do it now. Get your camping stuff together and then live out of your car. Sure, you can sleep in your tent, but maybe you turn the back of your car into the kitchen area. Imagine the back of your car and imagine you opened the trunk or the lift back or whatever the heck you have And there's your kitchen. You've got a water supply, you've got a way to cook, and it's all there, and you can just shut it, and it's all... This this isn't that hard to do, and it is completely legitimate. Because after all, who's judging you? I'm not. Anybody else who is, that's their problem. You're trying to accomplish a goal here, and that is to travel and be independent, and you can do that in a car. Now, I started doing all this with my smart car, but I obviously couldn't sleep in the smart car. I've already said that. So how did I do it? Did I bring a tent with me? No, I did something that any of you can do. If you have any vehicle, I bought a motorcycle camper. Oh, let's back up a step here. A motorcycle camper is not a motorcycle. It is a camper that is towed by a motorcycle. Now if a motorcycle can tow it, your car can tow it. I got a tow hitch installed on my smart car and towed around a time-out easy camper, that's what it's called, with my smart car all over the country. And it worked fine. Yeah, okay, a smart car can't tow anything if you look in the manual, but neither can an NV200. The thing is, this camper weighs 300, 350 pounds. It's pretty easy to tow. And to give you an idea of what this thing's like, Just imagine a box on wheels behind your vehicle. And then when you get where you're going, you open up the box and out folds this really quite generous tent. When this thing was set up, and I still have it, I just haven't used it in a while. It fits a queen size bed and they recommend an inflatable on a platform. And then there's a whole other area you can stand in that can be your kitchen and your dining area. I mean, there's plenty of space in this thing. There's a heck of a lot more space in my motorcycle camper than there is in my current van. And you can do this with any vehicle you have. So I don't want to hear any excuses. Oh, I can't get a van right now. If you really want to get out there on the road, you absolutely can. I'll have links in the show notes and a picture of how I did it in my smart car. Is that van life? 
eh, yeah, sure, maybe, kind of, I don't know, and I don't really care. Labels, whatever. The point of this all is that I got out and traveled and saw the world, and that's all that matters. Now, if you want to be a little bit more traditional, one of the easiest ways to do this is to get a pickup truck and then put a shell on it. If you have a pickup truck with a shell, you're 90% of the way there. All you then have to do is put in a place to sleep and whatever else you need, and you're good to go. All you really need, the very most basic part of doing all of this, is a way to sleep. Everything else can be done somewhere else. Don't have a bathroom? That's fine. A whole ton of people are out there doing this in their vans without bathrooms. They use public restrooms or they use the woods. Always an option. If you have woods. Don't have a way to cook in your van? That's okay. You can cook outside your van. You can get fast food all the time. You, I mean, whatever. The, all the options you have in regular life are there, too. You can find a way to eat. I mean, what else do you have to do? And this is where the big difference is. This is where you're going to run into trouble and why people spend all the time to build out vans. Comfort and climate control. If you build out your own van, you're going to be a lot more comfortable. That's all there is to us. The only reason to really build out a van is to uh, enhance your comfort. But temperature is a little bit different. If you are doing one of these things, it gets, and, and not a Prius, it actually is difficult to keep them warm. And it, and it can even be dangerous depending on what you do. How do you heat a Toyota Camry without starting the engine? I mean, yeah, you can actually install a Chinese diesel heater in a Toyota Camry. There's nothing stopping you. But most people aren't going to go to that extreme. So that's the thing to think about. The kind of non-van van life I'm talking about is best used when the temperature is moderate and you can basically sleep outside without too much trouble. But it's amazing what a warm sleeping bag and a hot water bottle will do. I mean, that'll, that'll keep you good down to freezing pretty easily. All I'm asking you to do is to reconsider what it means to do this van life thing. If you have a vehicle, any vehicle, even a bicycle, heck, there's a guy, who, well, there's more than one guy. There's people who have campers they tow behind bicycles. You can do this van life thing. You can get out there. And you know what? Time's a-wasting. Go ahead and get out there and do it because you don't know if you're going to be able to do this next year. So... I'm here to offer you encouragement that there is a way to do this, and you've got a whole community surrounding you that will help you get it accomplished. Tech Talk. All right, so beds. Beds is a very important thing. It's probably the first thing you should think about whenever you're designing a van or you're going to sleep in a van, because I'll tell you what, if your bed's uncomfortable, your van life experience is going to be miserable. Beds are very important. And you'll find lots and lots and lots of ways to do beds. Do it sideways, do it long ways, have it fold up, have it be a Murphy bed, have it be a table that pops up into a bed, or just sleep on the floor, which is always an option that people seem to overlook an awful lot. There's no reason why you can't sleep on the floor. Your van is a metal tent. You sleep on the floor of a tent, you can sleep on the floor of your van. That's always an option. But recently I've come across a few very clever things I wanted to pass by you. And these are in the no-build category. These are things where no one has built anything in order to create beds in their vans. And the first one I wanted to mention was tables. So I saw this in a, in a tall van. So this is a van with a high roof. And they had gotten those six-foot, uh, what we used to call church tables, you know, those folding tables, and that was their bed. 
that was it. They simply unfolded it at night and put some sort of a mattress on it, whether it was inflatable or cushions or whatever, and that was their bed. It got them off the floor. They had plenty of storage space underneath. It's actually a very clever solution. During the day, when they wanted to have more space in the van, they folded down the table and, and tucked it away, either behind the seats or on the floor or wherever fit. Easy, simple, cost 35 bucks. Done. Not a bad idea. Another one I just saw was somebody took, um, so you ever go to Home Depot and you see that plastic shelving they sell? It's these racks of plastic with these tubes that plug in and you can build them in any shape you want. You can make a big long shelf or a big tall shelf or whatever. Well, it turns out that if you take each one of those racks and make it into kind of a little table and then line them up, it makes a great bed platform. And you can take zip ties and zip tie the whole thing together. And you've got a very sturdy bed that's lightweight and even has ventilation. So you don't have to worry about mildew or anything getting under there. And it's got plenty of space under it to store stuff. So again, there's another $35 bed solution that you can do. And if during the day you want to fold it up, just un well, you don't unscrew them. You just pop out the legs and you've got this one platform you can either put on the floor or put behind the seats or attach to the ceiling or whatever the heck you want to do. Very clever. I've seen other people have done it with storage compartments. They will have a thick, a thick, thick, is thick? They will have a thick piece of foam and put that over the top of a bunch of storage compartments. And you can see the benefit there. You've got your storage and your beds on top. That works too. And again, I'm going to come back to this. There's no reason why you can't sleep on the floor. And this leads me to a project that I would like to do. I am thinking of renting a van, uh, for a rental car van, just to rent it, and going on a trip. And I want to see how much I can turn that rental van into a camper just for a weekend trip. No building, no screwing, no damaging the van in any way. When I'm done, that van will get returned and be exactly the same as it was when I got it. How comfortable can I make that van? I think I'm going to do that as a project and, and maybe do a YouTube video for it. Uh, that would be fun. And if you have ideas, please let me know. You can get a hold of me at builttogo.com or via email, jeff at builttogo.com. That's built to go with two T's, not three and not one. Okay, product review. A little bit of an odd product review. I was in North Dakota, actually in, what was the name of that town? Oh, I don't remember the name of the town, but it's the town in North Dakota that has the oldest Icelandic church in North America. That town. And I was uh, walking around the cemetery of the church, and there's lots of uh, interesting stuff in that area. And I looked over at my van, and one of my hubcaps was missing. And this hubcap on this particular wheel had gone missing four times. What had happened was they spin balanced the tires and for whatever reason, the hubcap won't stay on that wheel anymore. And I think it's because of where they put the wheel weights. I'm not exactly sure, but I have this problem where my hubcaps keep falling off. And so I thought about, well, all right, um, what can I do? And then I realized that the solution was actually pretty simple. On Amazon, you can buy $25 hubcaps. That's for a box of four. And I'm just going to keep a supply of hubcaps. This is my solution to this. Now these things are, they're cheap money-wise, but they're also cheaply made. I actually broke one just putting it on. I, I pushed my hand through the hubcap and I learned that you can't push on the center. You have to push it on the edges. But you know what? I kind of like this solution because I no longer have to worry about my 
blasted hubcaps. If I scrape them up, if they fall off, it is not a big deal. I will just grab another one off the shelf. It may seem silly to have an expendable supply of hubcaps, but it actually is serving me well in the circumstances with my van. Now, since that trip to North Dakota, I haven't lost any more. You may not know this, I didn't know this until I started buying these, but on the inside of most hubcaps, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm saying hubcaps, but I actually mean wheel covers. There's a difference. Wheel covers are a big frisbee looking thing that covers your whole wheel. A hubcap is a small thing that looks like a coffee cup that just fits over the actual center of the wheel. And while those will fit on my van, they're like $110, so I'm not getting those. So we're talking about wheel covers. But if you take off a wheel cover, you will see that it's a generally a piece of plastic and on the inside there's a metal ring. That metal ring is adjustable, mostly. Uh, it depends on the hubcap. I've seen, uh, depends on the wheel cover. I've seen some where it isn't, but on many of them it's adjustable and you can make it tighter or looser. So I have been making it tighter and I think maybe I'll be able to go for a while without losing any hubcaps. But I know that in my neighborhood where I park, the way the curbs are, we have hard curb stones, they love to scratch and destroy hubcaps and it's going to happen again anyway. So, hey, it's just an idea. Consider a cheap set of hubcaps for your van and then don't freak out if they get wrecked. You can always get more. At 25 bucks, you're talking about $8.25 a hubcap. You're not going to cry too much if you lose one. Okay, place to visit. It's, it's, it's harder to do the places to visit now because I haven't been able to get out as much as I used to because of COVID and uh, because I've got increasing job responsibilities. But I am going to do something this winter and I'm going to throw the idea out there to you and see if it might appeal to you as well. I want to go ice fishing. I've never gone ice fishing. Uh, I've talked about it. I've seen it. Uh, but I want to do it this winter and I want to do it from my van. That is my goal for this winter. Now, I happen to live in a place where ice fishing is fairly close by. Northern Wisconsin, Minnesota, Canada, I've got the Great Lakes. Usually, you can do ice fishing in these places depending on the weather. So, I'm thinking end of January, February, I'm going to check reports, and I want to drive my van out onto a lake and ice fish from the van. Now, maybe not from the van. I mean, I talked about this on Facebook for a while and people were suggesting that I actually drill a hole in the bottom of my van and fish from that. And as appealing as that is, my van is not that big. And I think that hole would be problematic just trying to find, <laughs> trying to find a place in the hole in <clears throat> trying to find a place in the floor of my van where I could drill a hole big enough to fish out of that didn't hit a structural component or the gas tank or something like that. But uh, if I could slide the door open and sit on the edge and fish like that with my heater going, my Olympian Wave 3, that would be great. And I could make hot chocolate and sit there and listen to the freezing wind blow across the lake and the ice crystals gathering around my feet. And why am I doing this? This sounds crazy, doesn't it? It's not like I'm going to even eat the fish. And then I've got the problem of how am I going to drill the hole in the ice? Because I'm certainly not going to buy a gas-powered auger for this. Anyway, all the problems aside... I'm going to try to make this happen, and I think it sounds like fun, and I have some friends in Wisconsin who might be able to help me out. So, it's a place to visit that I haven't visited yet. Maybe you have, or maybe it's something you think sounds like fun, or at least crazy. And heck, 
It may end up with the most epic tale from the road ever if my van falls through the ice, which I am going to try very hard not to have happen. Resource recommendation. So when I started building my van, I had some tools, but I didn't have a great workshop. I used to have a lot more tools, then I got divorced and moved into a smaller place and then had to move across the country and left a lot of my stuff behind. And, at the, and then I ended up living in a condo in Chicago, in downtown Chicago, and did not have a lot of space for tools. So I ended up basically having no tools. And then we moved into a house in Chicago and I have a garage now and I started to accumulate more tools, but I didn't want to accumulate too many. And I, I just really don't have a great selection of tools, but sometimes when you're working on your van, you need that one tool and you're only going to use it for a little while. And for those kind of tools, the tools you're not going to use regularly, the tools that it's okay if they break or if you ruin them or whatever you need to check out Harbor Freight. Harbor Freight is a chain of cheap tool stores all across the U.S. They're, they're, almost all, they're, they're all over the place now. Uh, they used to be fairly restricted to the West Coast, but now you can find them in many, many places. And they sell cheap tools. Uh, they sell a lot more than cheap tools. They sell all kinds of little gadgets and gigaws and flashlights and wires and multi-testers and all kinds of stuff that you might want for your van. They also sell solar equipment, and people will put Harbor Freight solar systems in their vans. I find that they're really not the best. They're, they're smaller, and their price ratio isn't all that great. But it's important to know that if you're on the road and you need a tool to do something, whether it be automotive or construction or anything, Harbor Freight probably does have the tool, and it probably won't break the bank. Also, if you subscribe to their mailing list, you will get coupons in the mail all the time for a 20% off any one item. So if you need to buy that $100 air compressor or whatever, suddenly it's $80. Again, we're not talking about the best quality tools here. In fact, in the news recently, there was an article about how the machine they used to make jack stands had worn out and the jack stands they were making were unsafe and could collapse which is about the worst thing that you can imagine happening with a jack stand. So again, you're not going to buy your heirloom tools that you're going to give down through the generations from this place. But if you need that one weird right angle Phillips head screwdriver, or maybe that one odd sized wrench, definitely check out Harbor Freight. I'll have a link in the show notes, but honestly, you won't need it. Some news... All right, I, I got to stop for a second. Stop. I'm Now I'm getting email from people saying they want Tales of the Road to come back. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to swap back and forth. When I have a good Tales from the Road, I'm going to put it in here. And when I have good news, I'm going to put it in here. And that's how we're going to do this. And that way I hope everybody's happy, which is impossible. I don't know. Keep sending me feedback and I will keep trying to adjust the podcast to meet your wants. That said, I do have some news this week. There was a rather shocking piece that came out about Sprinter vans basically not being made anymore. And it turns out it was just kind of a poorly written article. It says, Mercedes-Benz is ending production of the Freightliner Sprinter van. No, what's happening is uh, Mercedes-Benz has stopped making the Sprinter van that is labeled a Freightliner. 
If you're not familiar with Freightliner, they're a commercial vehicle company. They make chassis for RVs and chassis for big trucks, like moving vans, things like that. Also, big rigs, I mean, 18-wheelers. And they did sell the Sprinter van under the Freightliner model. In fact, uh, when Sprinter vans were first being sold in the U.S., they were either Dodge or Freightliner or then Mercedes. All this means is that they're all going to be Mercedes now. So every Sprinter sold in the U.S. will have that Mercedes emblem on the front, and honestly, most of them have been that way for years. So if you happen to see that article, do not freak out. We are not losing yet another van. It's just that they're all going to be Mercedes. And I'll have a link to the article in the show notes, but uh, yeah, that one took me by surprise, and I had to do some a bit more research on it, and I realized, okay, this is just a, a name change. It's not that big of a deal. Also, and, and to echo back to what I said earlier in the episode, camper van sales have doubled since COVID-19 started. Doubled. That means twice as many people are buying camper vans than they were last year. That is amazing. It's it's putting huge, huge pressure right now on the market. And uh, new new camper vans, if you can find them, are incredibly expensive. You're not going to be able to talk the dealers down at all. And just old commercial vans are super hard to find right now. And that's actually what inspired me to do the main piece for this episode is, hey, maybe this isn't the time to do a van. Maybe this is the time to do something different. Be creative. Turn a vehicle that you wouldn't expect to be a camper into a camper. I don't know. We'll keep monitoring it. And last bit of news is Amazon has announced they're hiring for their camper force. If you have not heard of this, Amazon has a program where they set up temp workers during Christmas or whenever it might be busy. And they basically will give you a place to park on their lot where you can just live in your van or RV. It's mostly RVs, but hey, you've got a van, maybe you could do that. Or your Prius or your smart car, whatever you have. Although, it's grown so big that now they're giving stipends to live in certain campgrounds. Now, these fill up quick, and I noticed a lot of them are closed. But if it's something that sounds like fun to you, which would be to work in an Amazon warehouse for, say, a few months to make up enough money to kind of not work for the rest of the year, which is what a lot of people do. It's called the Amazon Camper Force. I will put the URL in the show notes, but I'm going to give it to you here, and unfortunately, it's a little bit long. It is amazondelivers.jobs slash about slash Camper Force. Okay, so a bit much. You might want to look at the show notes, but hey, that's a thing you can do to make money that's actually pretty cool. Q&A. There was a bit of an argument on social media the other day. <laughs> hey, what a surprise. Now, this was this is a classic argument. Lithium versus AGM. And I could probably make this a main feature or whatever, but just really quick to answer someone's question about what kind of batteries they should get. Let's forget about all the other kind of batteries and just focus on lithium and AGM as general categories. AGM are traditional lead-acid batteries that have a matte inside rather than just a liquid, and they're no maintenance. You don't have to top up the water, and if you tip them over, they won't leak. Lithium batteries are a completely different chemistry. They're what you might find in your laptop. Basic differences between these are AGM batteries are one-tenth the cost of a lithium battery. But 
lithium batteries can be discharged much more deeply. So if you have a 100 amp hour AGM battery, you can basically use 50 of those amp hours without damaging the battery. But if you have a lithium battery, you can go down to say 20 meaning that you can use 80 amp hours. So you get a lot more use and power out of the lithium battery. Not only that, lithium batteries last a lot longer. You could easily have a lithium battery for 10 years, whereas an AGM battery, three or four years is probably the most you're going to get out of it. Also, lithium batteries are much, much, much lighter. And a lot of people say that they're safer because you don't have all that acid in there that can somehow escape from your battery if something bad happens. But AGM batteries are a lot cheaper, and AGM batteries will let you charge them in cold weather. Lithium batteries probably shouldn't be charged if it's below freezing because you can damage the battery. Now, most lithium batteries come with a battery maintenance system built in that will take care of that and not let the battery charge until it warms up. At any rate, if you're in this battle in your mind, should you spend $200 on an AGM battery or spend $2,000 on lithium batteries, or maybe 1000 if you're going to cut it in half, which makes sense, consider this one thing that I don't see enough people discussing. How long are you going to keep the van? If you've got like a 1985 Econoline, is that van going to be around 10 years from now? Maybe. It could, but there's less chance of it, so I'm going to say go with the AGM. But if you just bought a brand new Sprinter van and you're converting that, well, heck, spend the money on the lithium. That van's going to be around at least 10 years. Go ahead and invest in the lithium. Lithium batteries are better than AGM in almost every way, but they're so much more expensive that that doesn't mean they're always the best thing to buy. Me, I have AGM. My van is six years old, which isn't all that old, but it does have 140,000 miles on it. I don't think it's going to be around 10 years from now. I'm really sad to say that, so I'm just going to do AGM. But, hey, if you've got the budget and you've got really long-term plans, go ahead and go with the lithium. Well, folks, thank you very much for listening to this episode 37. 37 has been an important number in my life. That was my childhood street address and my Boy Scout troop. And it's just a pretty number. You've got the... Uh, all right, I'll stop. Music, as always, is by Simon Wag, And I promise you we will get that episode done with us talking about all the music he has made. And until next time, remember, we will either find a way or make one. Hannibal. <laughs>